Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest and easiest way to get into the game. And it's not just sports tickets. If you're into music or theater tickets, Game Time will provide that as well. And just tickets across all major leagues and teams. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Best on the Board. I'm Chris Meany from The Athletic, joined by Michael Beller, also from The Athletic. Give him a follow at mbeller, at Chris Meany. Welcome to Week 8. Beller, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, Meany. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, a, a decent week last week at 4-3. and three. I guess uh, we'll always take uh, always take a 4-3 and three week if that's going to be the, uh, the low ebb of things and um, especially when we're locking them in on Wednesday although it's not going to be the case for us too much longer no it's not we got some news here that's right you know what (laughs) maybe it was me complaining because I find it very difficult actually on a Wednesday morning to lock in seven picks I need to see practice reports on a Thursday especially on a Friday so some good news for you guys who are enjoying the show and appreciate you guys hanging out with us for today if you don't have a subscription at The Athletic uh, the promo code is still live and it's hot it's theathletic.com slash best on the board is going to gift you 40% off you're going to be able to listen to Beller's show uh, my show throwback you, you got several shows on the go right Beller the ranking show which you'll record today with Jake and Brandon Funston that's right ranking show every wednesday and we do a friday update for of that for subscribers only that's me and Derek van riper actually uh the advanced route with me and emery hunt we do that every tuesday so there's a a fresh new episode uh out for you right now uh brandon funston and i covering the waiver wire on wire to wire and then i produce i'm not on you're not going to hear these this great uh, voice on it but i produce also podcast by committee that's a really fun show nando defino hosts every tuesday we have a beat writer on this past week, uh, we had our guest, God, that was just yesterday, we had uh, uh, um, uh, jo- uh, John Glennon from uh, the Titans to on to talk about the Ryan Tannehill era. Every Thursday, we bring on one of our fantasy writers to talk about fantasy more generally. Yeah, I love that show. It's, it's just nice to get a piece of everybody else. It's kind of what we do on Four Stack Lines with myself and Eric Young on, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We kind of alter. Eric Young, is a, he's a busy man. He's doing some WWE stuff. So uh, we, we tend to move around Tuesday, Wednesday. But we like to grab somebody from The Athletic who covers hockey just to appear on the show. So it's got a decent feel. You're a Fantasy Hoops fan. We got uh, Dunks and Dimes with Brandon Funston and Eric Wong. And, and the Fantasy Basketball season kicked off yesterday. There's lots of draft guide stuff out there. So just because, you know, you have this subscription obviously you're going to be able to get the 70 to 80 plus podcasts that we have at the athletic but just every single article out there as well you're going to have jake's waiver wire article his buy low sell high his rankings of course which you're going to want a piece of because he is a top five ranker in the industry as we head into week eight so again theathletic.com slash best on the board will give you the 40 percent off subscription that that discount there and as beller mentioned you know, we'll have the show continuing to do the show on Wednesday. We'll give our picks. And then on Friday, we'll have, you know, a little bit of a tighter show. It won't be as long, but just kind of where let's lock in some of those picks. Let's see where we're a little bit different. Because, for example, you were four and three, three and four for me. You know, not our best work, 500 between us, but both of us. I don't want to speak for you, but certainly for me on Friday when I see Amari Cooper upgrade to full, going to practice, Randall Cobb's going to get in there, uh, Dallas going to be at full health. It really made me jump off the Eagles, and they were one of my seven picks. I quickly jumped off of them because, I, you know, listening to the show for eight weeks now, don't love the secondary in Philadelphia. And when you got a guy like Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb, and you saw it firsthand, the Eagles secondary is still struggling. As much as their offense has looked really bad over the past couple weeks, the defense has just looked awful all year. Those were two games that we were in on, and we, you know, on a Friday show, we're jumping off of them. Just like today, we're going to talk about the Falcons and the Seahawks, but we don't know Matt Ryan's status right now. 
Exactly. So what uh, the Friday show, I think, was a necessary ad, and it's going to be one uh, where we uh, don't make too many changes, but lets us circle back to right. games like the Eagles last week, like Seattle and Atlanta this week. There are games like that every single week, so it'll be nice to be able to give ourselves 48 hours and give the news cycle 48 hours to start to shake some things out, and then we can really lock things in every Friday going forward. Yeah, we don't want to make excuses for ourselves here. We hold ourselves accountable, of course. Uh, but we just want to give you guys a little bit more information and lock in those picks as we head into the weekend. So myself, three and four, a little week seven audit for you on the Chiefs, on the Saints, on the Rams, had Buffalo, the Chargers. My goodness, another just heartbreaking loss for the Chargers last week. Should have found a way to get a W there on the one, like three tries. The Jets. Yikes, not even close. Yikes. They didn't even score a point. Yeah, and then the too. Eagles, and then yourself. Yeah, you were on the Jets, the Eagles, Seattle, had the Rams, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Arizona again. One of your favorites, Arizona. Dude, I'm just going to keep going to them until they uh, show me a reason not to. They're, they're my favorite team to back this year. You know that. Absolutely. So, again, uh, give us a follow at mbeller, at Chris Meany. Rate and review, please, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify. We really appreciate that and look forward to Friday's show. But let's get into today's show, week eight. Let's let's start with Thursday night football. And we are looking at Westgate lines. So some things have changed. Uh, again, when we get to Seattle and Atlanta, it's completely off the board. You can get it in some spots, but Westgate definitely not. Uh, it's not available right now. But let's start with Thursday. We have the Vikings and... And the Washington Redskins, Minnesota opening up as 14-point favorites. The over-under started at 40. It's now at 42. Minnesota, 16-point favorites. It looks like Adam Thielen, he's he's kind of trending in the direction where he's questionable. A couple days ago, Beller was looking like definitely not going to play in a, in a Thursday night game. Reports that I saw before we came on is that he's lobbying really to play. There's no need for Minnesota to roll this guy out. And does it matter for you? Because 16 points is a lot. This game is in Minnesota and Washington. is They've really showed us nothing so far this season. Yeah, give me the Vikings with a lot of confidence. Uh, this is one that I am comfortable locking in on Wednesday. Will not be changed. I, I, actually, it's a Thursday night game, so I couldn't change it on, uh, <laughs> can't do on it. Friday. I can't do it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm comfortable locking this one in. Adam Thielen is trending uh, it, toward the annoying fantasy direction. That's where he's trending, right? Because you can totally <laughs> yeah. see him being active and then just barely playing and getting, like, one catch on three targets for 12 yards and then calling it a day when the Vikings are up by three scores with, the, with Adam Thielen, without Adam Thielen. Uh, the Vikings are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, I think they've turned a corner offensively. What was really impressive uh, was uh, that game against Detroit last week, what we saw from Kirk Cousins. We expected him to be able to throw all over the Giants and the Eagles, and he did, and credit to him. You, all you can do is do what you uh, uh, do, the, do your best against the teams that you're playing, but then to see him go into Detroit, a quality opponent on the road, and have as great a game as he did through the air, largely without feeling. I mean, that was what the – the first possession, the second possession, it was the first quarter, certainly, uh, that yeah. he got hurt. So Cousins did almost all that damage without Adam Thielen. Uh, it tells me that, A, that offense is really rolling, and, B, that they're going to use that passing game more than they did in the first quarter of the season. So I think that uh, even without Thielen, or without, certainly without 100% Thielen, uh, they're going to be able to roll right over Washington. We know what this team does uh, at home in Minneapolis. Uh, I have a ton of confidence in the Vikings. I think this is something like 31-10 to 10 Vikings run away with this one. Yeah, the Vikings team implied total 29. I would take the over on that. And Washington sitting at 13. There's some question marks with their running back situation too. Adrian Peterson, we don't know if, if Chris Thompson is going to play. I mean, it could be Wendell Smallwood season here, which is not great news for Washington. And, and Kirk Cousins, almost 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns in his last three games. One interception. He's looked really good, and he's got the revenge game here against his former squad. So would you play Thielen if he was active in a season-long format? Do you treat him as a wide receiver three? Because you're right. It could be one of those games where he only maybe catches one ball god it's a horrible decision to have to make right I, if I'm a feeling yeah. owner I just want them to sit him this week and not put me in that position right. this is something we will be talking about on the ranking show about uh, two hours uh, from now or so I think I would feel almost obligated to play him uh, if I were a little deeper at the wide receiver position I would feel good about sitting him basically if I had three other guys or I could if I could fill my other starting spots with guys I felt comfortable as top 30 receivers then I would sit Thielen. If I couldn't do it, then I would play him. Fair enough. Uh, that's a good call. Make sure you check out that ranking show. It'll be a good debate surrounded around Adam Thielen and another guy in Terry McLaurin, who we all love and has been a little bit quiet lately in a, in a pretty tough spot having to go in Minnesota. Um, you know, it's kind of split with the public. It's 62% on Minnesota, 
38% um, on Washington as well. But I'm going to lean with Minnesota. They're not going to be my seven, but I do think that they'll win comfortably. Let's head on over to Sunday. We got the Lions seven-point favorites against the, the New York Giants, the football Giants. And this game opened up at seven, and it has stayed at seven. The over-under has jumped up half a point. It's now at 49. We know that Carry on Johnson is likely done for the season. He's on IR. He could come back, I think, the final game of the season. But at that point, if Detroit is out of it, what is really the point? Ty Johnson, one of the hottest pickups in the league. Marvin Jones coming off a four-touchdown game, the second time that he's done that in his career. Is seven points too much? Are they giving too much respect here to the Detroit Lions? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think they are. I've got the Giants listed as one of my top seven right now. This is one I could see myself coming off of by uh, by Friday, at least as a top seven, but I think I'm going to be leaning toward the Giants no matter what. Lions feel like a team uh, that is uh, stuck in neutral right now. Um, they, they trade Quandre Diggs, and that seemed to catch the whole locker yeah. room off guard. Um, the the carry-on Johnson injury certainly doesn't help matters. Um, and I, Ty Johnson absolutely should it be the number one waiver ad. Uh, I've had huge claims in for him in every single league I'm in where he's available, but he's not carry-on Johnson. Right, I mean, this is not going to be a situation where he just jumps right in and this offense doesn't skip a beat. So, I think the Giants now you've got you you got Saquon Barkley back in the fold last week. Now he's had a whole regular week of practice. He should be a full practice participant this entire week. I'm not saying the Giants go in and win, but I think this is a game that they keep within a score. I just it just feels like given the direction that the Lions have been headed in the last couple of weeks, just a little bit too high of a spread uh, when you've got a full strength Giants team on the other side. Uh, say what you will about this Giants defense, and we can say plenty. There are a lot of weapons on this offense. I think they can keep this within a touchdown. Yeah, and one of those guys not happy, Darius Slay. I know I saw him tweet yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was just like, this is some BS here <laughs> the second that Diggs was traded. So that was an interesting move. It, it kind of reminded me of last season where they traded Tate. and Maybe they're just looking ahead at the you know the big picture here. Like They've been competitive and stayed in a lot of football games, but they're not going to make the playoffs. It's just it's, it's, a, it's a loaded division, and it's a loaded NFC, so it's going to be really tough for them. I, I kind of lean Giants here, too. This is one I'll have probably a better feel for on Friday. I don't expect the line to to move too much. It actually could move in favor of the Giants. Like to win by a touchdown, I think is is asking a lot for for Detroit. Let's move over to Tennessee and, and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay coming off uh, a bye. Last time we saw them, they were in London, and Jameis Winston turned the ball over what it felt like a hundred times. Tennessee opened up three point favorites. Forty seven was the total. It's actually dropped down to forty five and a half, and Tennessee now two and a half point favorites. I don't have a strong feel. I was very encouraged with Ryan Tannehill. I This is kind of what I expected. The move at quarterback away from Marcus Mariota will help everybody. It helped the run game. Derrick Henry wasn't facing stacked boxes. And Corey Davis showed up for the first time. He had six catches. I mean, he, he's only had six catches seven times in his career. So he had six catches. A.J. Brown on the other, high, uh, on the other side had six catches. Tennessee... Their pass defense is, is pathetic. They're, they're allowing the most passing yards per game, so it's a good spot for Tannehill, not the best for Derrick Henry because their run defense, they enter the best in the league. So I just feel like if I'm going to bet this game, Beller, I'm going to take the over. I think it's a sneaky little fantasy game, 45 and a half, and it's coming down. I feel like the over could hit here. Yeah, I, I don't really want to side with either side in this one. Um, yeah, it's funny. I would I would be more confident in the Titans if this line were a little higher. Because I want to buy into the Ryan Tannehill era, and I think that everything we saw last week is projectable, and I think there is good reason to be uh, have a little bit more confidence in the passing game with Ryan Tannehill at the helm. I think what we saw from Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, I think that's certainly real enough to uh, believe in these guys uh, in the short and potentially in the long term. Uh, but the fact that even after seeing all that, it's just two and a half, uh, suggests to me that there's not a whole lot of belief in the Titans coming from the odds makers, and that makes me a little bit less uh, want confident in backing them as well. Uh, I think we can see Tampa coming off a bye, get that pass game ramped back up again. So I agree with you. I think this is maybe a sneaky offensive game, uh, but not one where I'm too confident in either team. And something that you've said quite a bit this season, uh, two mediocre teams meeting. We've seen highs and lows from both of them. Do you really want to get married to one side in this and really put your money down on either side when they have been up and down teams all season long? I don't think so. Um, Probably lean toward the uh, Titans but uh, again that's going to be that's like a that's like a uh, in a in a confidence pick em pool like one pick em, you know one point of confidence yeah. on this game yeah. just cuz it, it can just go way too many directions 
I am in a confidence pick and pool where you have to, yeah, it's, you know, 15 games, you 15 for the one you're most confident and one for the, you know, the least confident. And, and this is one of them for sure. I, the Titans defense has been pretty good, only allowing 204 passing yards per game. That's, you know, it's, you know, not bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not Casey, you know what I mean? Like it, the defense has has been at least decent. So I, I think if I had to choose, I would pick Tennessee at home. But guys, you you know, listening, I've been wrong on the Titans before, a hundred percent. This is this is a team that I I'm not confident picking, and Tampa Bay gives me gives me some issues as well. Uh, so I will just move on from that one. Here's it. Here's a game. I mean. Oh. Uh, yeah, right. Talk about <laughs> sloppy and trying to get a feel for, for any team here between the Bears and the Chargers. Again, I said it off the top, just another disappointing performance from the Chargers. It looked like Austin Eckler you know, found the end zone at the end of the game. He was down at the one. They gave it to Melvin Gordon. He gets stuff. Let's give it to Gordon one more time. He fumbles. You know, Anthony Lynn after the game says, you know, if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win. And that, although that might be fair... This Chargers team just finds a way to lose every time. And then on the other side, Beller, your Bears. I mean, what is going on with Chicago, Matt Nagy? They run the ball, a franchise low. A franchise low, guys. This team has been around for a long time. Seven (laughs) times they ran the football. One was from Cordero Patterson. Another one's from Anthony Miller. I don't think David Montgomery touched the ball a second time until early in the third quarter, and then he put it on the ground. This is a game that I I feel like I want to stay away from. But it has field goal written all over it to me, and that's why I will lean with the Chargers. I have a sucker for punishment when it comes to this team, but I will lean with the Chargers. I just think that the Bears favored by four. It was four and a half. It's coming down a little bit. I just feel like that's too much for a team that just looks completely lost on offense. Yeah, one that's not in my top seven, but I could see it getting into my top seven. And whether it does or it doesn't, I am going to be on the Chargers. Uh, Say all you want about um, uh, going back to the drawing board and starting to figure things out and a desperate team and, you know, trying to take advantage of this still elite defense. Uh, But I think we've seen enough of Mitch Trubisky to be able to make a pretty definitive statement that he's just not very good. And the thing that kills me about Mitch Trubisky, and I've watched quite a bit of him over the last couple of years, is that he is still missing the easiest throws, the have-to-make throws. This is not yeah. like a guy who uh, is making um, is making you know some mistakes, but then show is making big throws and is still making big plays down the field. He is missing just these such easy throws. He had one to Taylor Gabriel last week, first quarter. Early in the game, a third and I want to say maybe about eight or so, uh, a play where uh, uh, it's just a simple out. Taylor Gabriel, wide open. This is a throw that every NFL quarterback knows he has to make 99 times out of 100. And Trubisky airmails him. Would have been a good for 14, 16 yards somewhere in there. You, you keep the ball, you move the sticks, and it wasn't even close. I mean, out of the hand, you could tell it was going to be 10 feet over Taylor Gabriel's head. And I said 99 out of 100 times, right? So if you're missing that throw, one out of 100, then okay, we'll give you a pass. Even Aaron Rodgers misses that throw every now and again. But Trubisky's making that throw like yeah, 49 times out of 100. And he's just missing these two easy throws too often. And that, more than anything, is the red flag for me. Uh, I, I just don't see how there's any salvaging this at this point. Uh, the Bears are going to be a mediocre team so long as he is their quarterback, and that's why I lean in the direction of the Chargers. I did hear an interesting uh, conspiracy theory that I love to believe that uh, the reason why Nagy's so not committed to the run game is that he's already made his mind up that uh, that Trubisky's not the guy, so he's trying to sabotage things and make it look like, hey, not my fault. Like, let, let me get my guy in here, and then uh, I can get things going the way I want to get it going, which, you know, obviously it's not true, but I love to believe it is. Yeah, I mean, you... you... I mean, this is a team that had high expectations coming in. You know you want to win football games. But, it, it I mean, it all makes sense. Trubisky's 1-8 when he throws at least 35 times. So the recipe for success is not to throw the ball that much. You want to be at least, you know, leaning on your defense and, and run the football. And Nagy came out today and said he's going to continue to, to call plays. He, he said on Monday morning he knows he needs to run the ball. He's not an idiot. But, listen, you're calling the plays here. Let's lean on on the rookie running back. Did they not trade up to get David Montgomery? They sure did. I know they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. I'm a well aware of that. <laughs> um, but they did trade up to get David Montgomery as well. So, man, it's tough. Like, I, I was really looking forward to hearing your take on – you can't start David Montgomery, right? Absolutely until, not. I don't think until, you can. I don't think you, you can't. Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson and no one else. That's the, yeah, only, startable, is, it's the only startable bear on offense right now is, is Allen is Robinson. Trubisky a member of Chicago next season? <laughs> yes, um, but uh, I don't. Th- I wouldn't be surprised if he weren't the starter. 
Um, but what, I mean, it's his fourth year in the league, right? Yeah. So we're at the end of the contract. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't pick up that fifth year option. Um, but, uh, but I don't think that, uh, you're, you're going to find him, uh, in a different uniform next season, but it's just, it's, 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 it's not good. No, it's, it's not. And I, and I just wonder, I had this conversation on throwback this morning with Jake and Brad Ziegler. It was just, you know, do they just look themselves in the mirror and we're like, we made a mistake. We moved up to grab this guy. He's not the guy. Let's cut our ties. Let's move on. And the quicker we move on, the quicker we can just turn the page and bring somebody else in here. Or do they say, no, we, you know, we moved up to get this guy. Let's let's give him one more year because I feel like that would be the mistake. Like just hanging on to something, just realizing mm-hmm. that's it. It's over. Let's move on. Let's get another quarterback in here. We still have a solid defense. Well, I think there could be an interesting push and pull regarding that because uh, the the brain trust is split on that. Right, Ryan Pace made that move. Matt Nagy mm. was still in Kansas City at the right. time. Matt Nagy was part of the brain trust that couldn't wait to trade up to get Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Uh, so, uh, this is, I could see Matt Nagy being much more willing to move on since it's not his mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Mahomes and Watson <laughs> getting drafted after Trubisky in, in hindsight, it, mm-hmm. it looks real, real Well, Watson, the, the Watson, I could go a billion rounds on this. The Watson one is not hindsight. The Mahomes one is hindsight. The Watson one was obvious from the get-go. Yeah, it was, you're right. The guy went to two straight national championships. Fair. He won a national championship. That one was yeah. obvious right yeah. in your face and he didn't make it that right now is Ryan Pace's legacy in Chicago. Absolutely. And a team like the Bills who could have, I know they got Josh Allen now, but they could have had Watson as well and traded back, you know, I believe with Kansas City. So Kansas City moving up to get Mahomes. Yeah, it's all it's all a mess. We, we know that Watson and, and Mahomes are, are light years ahead of Trubisky. Um, Matt Ryan, decent quarterback, but don't think he's going to play. The, you know, he didn't practice as we're talking to you guys on a Wednesday dealing with an ankle injury. And, and Beller, I don't know, I watched a lot of that Rams and, and Falcons game and I was expecting a lot of points, at least a lot more from Atlanta. But every time I saw Matt Ryan dropping back, it just seemed like he was knocked down every single time. The offensive line did not help him out at all. This game is is off the board. You know, at some spots, I think um, you can get them. Right now, it opened up at three for Seattle, fifty four total. But again, where this is this is one we'll probably revisit on Friday, and I don't even care how high the line goes. I guess if it got to ten, I wouldn't go <laughs> Seattle. But I'm not backing the Falcons right now. Oh, me either. I'll be picking the picking the Seahawks where I have to pick them, and we'll see on Friday if it's a, a, a um, attractive enough spread for either of us to want them in the seven. But uh, I've been beating this drum for probably about a month now, meaning the, the Falcons are a bad team. They've been a bad team. They are a bad team. They will be a bad team, and I'm going to go against them every single opportunity I get. They just look like they quit on Dan Quinn last week. It yeah. really did look like that. Yeah, it, it absolutely did, and it wouldn't be a surprise if he's the next coach out the door. He should be. And it just seems, I mean, if it hasn't happened now, it, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, it should have happened probably at home when they lost to the Titans, but maybe they'll just ride this out. But Muhammad Sanu is gone. They're going to start selling pieces, so it doesn't look good for the Falcons. we got the Jaguars here and the New York Jets. Five and a half for Jacksonville. That's what it's opened up at. Now it's six. It's it's continuing to climb. The over-under hasn't, hasn't budged at all. It's at 41. we got team implied totals here of Jacksonville at 23 and a half and the Jets at 18. Uh, man, the Jets didn't look good last week, but I'm backing them, Beller. <laughs> I am backing them this week. I, I It was total night and day from Sam Darnold and company against Dallas. They looked good. The offense, drinking the Jets Kool-Aid. Here we go. Like, let's go. Uh, and then they run into New England, and we all know Sam Darnold sees ghosts now, and the NFL called him out and everyone's pissed off in the Jets organization that that came out but you gotta be careful what you say when you're mic'd up Sammy you gotta be careful (laughs) they're just gonna you know it's it's a social media world out there this these kind of things are going to be presented to everybody and it's kind of a bad look but I give a lot of credit to the to the New England defense and what they've been doing all season long and I just this feels like too many points to me I just don't feel Mm -hmm. like Jacksonville should get six points even at home I think recency bias is completely a thing here it was for two weeks like we saw the Jets against Dallas and we we were buying in we we like them and now we we don't like them because of New England a team that's been shutting out absolutely everybody so I'm not completely sold on on Gardner Minshew he's looked a little mediocre recently they're leaning on Leonard Fournette I think this will be a slow paced game I think the Jets will do enough to to stay the course here but you know 
Yeah. I'm not it, feeling 100%, but I am going to lean with them. It's a classic buy low spot. It's Jets or no one for me. Right now, it's no one, at least in terms of being one of my seven favorite. Uh, but I agree with you that let's not get too crazy on the Jets for uh, for getting absolutely obliterated by the Patriots and by that defense. And uh, can I just say that I didn't think that his I'm seeing ghosts out there was that uh, like indictable of a thing to say. Like, what do we want him to say? He's just he's talking to his teammates. He's being right. honest. He's whether yeah. he's mic'd up or not. Like, what what should he be saying? Like, he you know they they had an excellent game plan. They being the Patriots that they uh, put that they executed perfectly. He looked like he was seeing Gus. What's he supposed to say? Like, oh, like screw these guys. Like, yeah, we're gonna. I'm about to torch him for three hundred and three after this. Like, you know, he's just talking to his teammate. That's that's the way you move forward. That's the way that you actually take care of the problems that you're having on the sidelines. You don't go up with false bravado. So I, I had no problem with that whatsoever. Obviously, the uh, the uh, hot take culture that we live in is not going to like that. But I, I I did not that did not bother me whatsoever, and doesn't have me uh, feeling any worse about Sam Darnold or the Jets' offense going forward. No, I, I would imagine a lot of young quarterbacks see ghosts when they face Bill Belichick yeah. in that defense. And that's not all on him. I no. Mean, you know, they, you, you're, they, they regularly, right? I mean, it's up to the quarterback to be able to check out of those things and know where his hot is. But there, we saw it, you know, over and over and over again in the replays. They're, you know, bringing seven against six. They're bringing six against five. Like, that's a failure of offensive in- infrastructure up and down, not just the quarterback. I think he bounces back this week and he has a decent game. A decent game. I really like the Jets in the second half after this. Like, It's not like Jacksonville is a stout defense. I mean, they're without Jalen Ramsey. It's, it, Robbie Anderson could have a decent game. He's completely shut down. There's no surprise last week against Stephon Gilmore. But the schedule does get a little bit better. Their defense is in play. They're, they're widely available in leagues. And I think Sam Darnold is still a decent quarterback, too, for those who are playing in super flex leagues. The Buffalo Bills opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites against Philadelphia. The over-under at 41-and-a-half. It's actually rose. It's jumped up to 43-and-a-half, which is, oh. yeah, a little a little puzzling. I will be at this game. I uh, I tend to root for the Eagles. I was a little bit bitter on Monday morning. Originally, I, th- I was just like, there's no chance this team goes into Buffalo and scores 20 points, and that's kind of still how I feel. And if it is going to be a sloppy, rainy game, keep an eye on it. I don't know if it's going to be like the slip and soak, whatever that game <laughs> was in, in Washington. Guys, that was phenomenal to watch, actually. Guys sliding around after sacks. I don't think it's going to be nine points scored, but this, to me, does have another feel where it could be like a 14-13 game, a 17-13 game. Buffalo's defense has been unbelievable, especially at home. It doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson is going to play. I don't think that's going to help out the Eagles' offense. There's nobody there to stretch out the field like Aguilar is is not getting it done and Elshon Jeffrey doesn't look like he can get the separation it looks like kind of like he's lost a stab Zach Ertz is not getting those targets there's a lot of question marks in Philadelphia and a lot on defense so I'm gonna lean with the home team here to win by a field goal but I really do feel good about the under here I don't think people should be betting the over I'm surprised it's 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 climbing yeah I'm not really sure what to make of this game um you, you know where I stand on the bills I'm not the the biggest fan, and uh, they obviously keep winning games, but uh, not one of the best cover teams uh, that we've seen so far uh, this season. The Eagles, meanwhile, look like a completely lost team offensively after their uh, after uh, what happened last week. And uh, I just feel like we need to see more Dallas Goddard, more Miles Sanders. I want to get those playmakers on the field because the wide receivers right now without Deshaun Jackson simply aren't getting the job done. And uh, we have seen that. We have seen more Ertz and Goddard on the field together, but I think the Eagles need to turn into that more and get those guys out there together because Goddard can make plays and Miles Sanders can make plays. I know you want to keep Jordan Howard involved in the offense, and you should. He has certainly earned that uh, with his play this season, but I think this is an offense that needs all of its playmakers on the field as often as possible, and that includes Goddard and Sanders, so I think we need to see more of them going forward. Uh, This is just a game that I I don't feel great about backing either side, um, so I'm going to be staying away from it for sure. It does feel like, like watching everything and seeing the the beatdown against Dallas on primetime, it does seem like a spot for Philly to jump back in And when people are doubting them, just like when they went into Green Bay, when they lost to Atlanta on primetime. They went into Green Bay and, and they got the job done, maybe a little bit more of a desperate team, knowing that they have to win. But the third road game in a row, it's the only team in the NFL to have three straight road games. They just don't look all that well. There's some talk on the sidelines of wide receivers calling on Carson Wentz. and There's just a lot going on in Philadelphia that I I just don't like. So I'm go- I am going to lean with, with Buffalo here to win by a field goal. I think you will see a lot of Goddard and Zach Ertz. It's the way to beat Buffalo is, is kind of, you know, get your running backs on the outside. If they can do that with Sanders, you're not going to throw deep down the field with, 
with White there. He's just one of the elite corners in the league. I think you'll see a lot through the middle of the field with both tight ends, but I, I will lean Buffalo. This is a game I jumped on right away, and it's it's the Rams. They open up as 10.5-point favorites in London against Cincinnati. It's now 13. The total has, has jumped up from 47.5 to 48. We've got a team implied total of 30 for the Rams and just 17 for the Bengals. I know Todd Gurley hasn't looked all that great this season, especially hasn't been all that efficient. But this is a team in the Bengals that just they've allowed so much on the ground this season. They just can't seem to stop anybody on the ground. Nearly 200 yards, Beller, per game, 189. And to me, that's just this this Bengals team is checked out. They're hurting. The offensive line is brutal. They have no run game. They're just throwing, dropping back, and throwing a ton. I don't care that Zach Taylor could have a little bit of insight in John McVay. I'm <laughs> easily leaning with the Rams here. I think this is a lock. Yeah, this uh, don't overthink this one, guys. Uh, this is uh, similar to how I felt about Green Bay and Oakland last week when that spread kept coming down, and it got to a point where, like, aren't we sure who the clearly better team is? And, uh, you know, the Packers end up winning that game relatively comfortably. Uh, same thing here. Uh, the Rams are just so obviously not only the better team, but the far superior team. Uh, I am with you. I will have the Rams as one of my top seven plays of the week and uh this is another team that's going through a little bit of an offensive transformation emory and i talked about this on the advanced route uh uh yesterday we know that uh in the sean mcveigh era they're one of the truest 11 personnel meaning three wide receiver sets uh in the league uh the first three weeks of the season that was true they were up around 86 percent 11 personnel uh and over the last four games that's come down to 72 percent so we're seeing a little bit more 12 a little bit more two tight end stuff that's uh that's helping out with some offensive line issues that they've had I think that helps with the running game uh, against a team that they're going to want to run against and be able to run against like Cincinnati and uh, Cooper Cup Robert Woods these are two guys who always seem to be open they're getting a little bit out of Gerald Everett offensively uh and if you are scared of anything for what Cincinnati can do on offense. It is the passing game, but hey, best corner in the league now plays for the Los Angeles Rams, or one of the three, four best corners in the league now plays for the Rams. Didn't miss a beat in game one, Jalen Ramsey. Um, you, you put him on Tyler Boyd, you put him on Autumn Tate, Auden Tate, excuse me, whoever you think is the uh, bigger threat, but uh, that basically takes that weapon out of the equation for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is a walkover for um, for the Rams. I hope, uh, I hope the uh, fans in London are uh, ready for a blowout. Yeah, no doubt. And Ramsey definitely gave them a spark. He 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 played well. He didn't play 100% of the snaps, but it seemed like they gave him a spark. And, yeah, it was against the Falcons, but Matt Ryan had thrown 300 yards in every single game. Like he, it, Just because of all the losses in Atlanta, it wasn't on Matt Ryan. It was on the defense. So they, they did a, a heck of a job against the Falcons. And you're right about Everett. I mean, he's got 26 targets in his last three games. He's getting a lot of usage. He had a touchdown, and, and Goff really missed him on another one. He could have had a much bigger day. Let's head on over to the to the Saints and the Cardinals. You have a little bit of news for Arizona. We don't have you know David Johnson ruled out. Maybe Kingsbury will tell us this time that David Johnson is hardly going to touch the field. But I think the are you going to throw a on. tantrum on air if he doesn't? <laughs> and I'm not. You know I've been playing DFS basketball <laughs> for years. I'm I'm well aware of 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 things yeah. like that happening. This is that's what's happened in basketball for years. Guys that are active all of a sudden they sit on the bench. <laughs> coach's decision. I will not throw a, t- uh, a temper tantrum like that at all. It is what it is. That's I good. know there has been a lot That's of good. people freaking out about that. Yeah, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna scream and whine at a coach. No, I'm not. For, I'm not for gonna doing scream his and job. whine. That's good. For do- if, right. And and you know what? If you listen to the throwback for the past couple weeks, we've been saying that Chase Edmonds, no matter what, is a flex play because of that offense and because of the lack of weapons there. He just seems to come in. And what, what would you rather? 10 touches from Chase Edmonds or 10 from Joe Mixon? Give me Edmonds in that offense all day long. And now, you know, if you are an Edmonds owner and you, you got to feel pretty good of the fact that they just signed Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner, who played for the Saints last week and now is going to play against the Saints this week. I don't know how much he'll touch the field, but – all of that said, is just it's not good news for David Johnson. If you're an owner of DJ, you probably need to go elsewhere. But nine and a half seems like it does seem like a lot. It almost seems like they're banking on Drew Brees playing here. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to play another game. The perfect Teddy Bridgewater. He's, he's definitely building a case for himself in the offseason to be a starting quarterback Ooh, for somebody cashing else. In. Yeah, no doubt. You know, he, he looked pretty. I can think of a. I, first of all, I can think of a I can think of a certain Midwest city where Teddy Bridgewater would look excellent <laughs> right about now. Would you like now. him in Chicago? So, oh my God, would I like Teddy Bridgewater in Chicago? But takes uh, care of the football, man. Yeah. That guy doesn't oh, turn man. the ball over. 
Yeah, he absolutely. And uh, yeah, Mimi, you know, this is these are off the top of my head. I want to say these are the, my two most frequently backed teams so far this season: New Orleans yeah, and Arizona. So this are. one, yeah, this one's really uh, pulling at both sides of my heart here. I, I really want to like both teams in this spot, <laughs> and, and it feels like that would cancel one another out. But it just feels like a little bit too high. It feels like a little bit of disrespect for what Arizona has been able to accomplish. This is a team that is clearly improving clearly getting better they've got Patrick Peterson back we saw what sort of that uh instant effect that had on their defense I don't think they win this game I think the Saints absolutely win this game I think you could use the Saints as a survivor play but I do not think the Saints win by 10 too much offensive firepower maybe we get Christian Kirk back too much defensive um competence with Patrick Peterson now on the back end again I think this is a fun game I think it's a good game and I think it's something along the lines of uh, like 30 to 23, 34 to 27 with the Saints getting the win. Yeah, Saints 28, team implied total, the Cardinals 19. You make good points about Arizona. And you, when I saw this game originally, I'm like, hmm, what way is Beller going to go? Because you have been backing the Saints. And the Saints have been so good to us recently with Vegas only giving them like uh, three so good, points. Dude. Two, they give us one into Chicago. We were definitely on that. Like, we've been all over the Saints here. They've been so good to us. I'm going to continue to ride them. I, and I I would like to see Christian Kirk come back, even though he may see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. I would, just, I would just like to see Kyler Murray have another weapon to throw the football to. He's right, He's been doing too. a good job with just – limited assets around him. So I, I think he's – he didn't have a great game in, in New York. It doesn't mean he couldn't have. It was just the Chase Edmonds show. They leaned on him, and he mm-hmm. was he was phenomenal. I don't think Edmonds will be able to have that kind of success against this Saints defense. So yes, I, I, that's Edmonds why – But Edmonds is a baller, man. Oh, he really is. Yeah, he is – He's phenomenal. He's actually yeah. really, really good. With no disrespect to DJ, he is. Oh, no. He is a really good running back. They have a have two solid, solid running backs, and, right. and DJ's a little bit older than some people think. Like he didn't come into this yeah. league as like a young twenty year old. I believe he was like twenty five, twenty six when he came. Oh, into he was the a four, yeah, he's a four year player at Northern Iowa. Yeah, um, obviously you you don't see many non four year players at Northern Iowa, right? So, uh, <laughs> the the where where you where you feel his losses at the passing game. Right. Um, you don't lose anything, I, I think, going from David Johnson. Game. Yeah, you don't lose anything going David Johnson to Chase Edmonds uh, on the ground. But you really feel his uh, absence in the passing game, especially if you don't have Kirk back. But uh, still, it just feels like a little bit too much of too many points for me to uh, to lay, even though I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL. I think I think that they are too. Just the fact that they've they're perfect without Breeze is is putting a stamp of approval on that. One loss is the game that he got hurt in, where Teddy Bridgewater had no work with the ones in Los right. Angeles against a pretty good Rams team. That's their only loss of the season. Uh, give me give me this team over the Patriots right now. Yeah, and I like them in Survivor too. But we will get to a few Survivor picks in just a little bit. We'll we'll move over to the Colts and the Broncos. We have the Colts. They opened up as five point favorites, forty three and a half total. It's staying at 43 and a half and and Colts now five and a half so I've I've seen six in some spots five five and a half we got the Indy at 24 the team implied total Denver at 18 last time we saw the Broncos even the I, th- I think it was 10-6 maybe they're down when Patrick Mahomes left that game and they still couldn't do anything Casey's defense com- they completely showed up it's a little bit surprising but they were the sacks were there I think maybe double digit they were all over Flacco there was no run game to speak of Emmanuel Sanders is not now a He's gone. He's a member of San Fran, and they traded him. So they're going to start to to move away some pieces here. The Colts, man, they continue to get it done too. Like last week on Houston in a coin flip game, I I picked the Texans. But the Colts, we've said this so many times, Beller and Frank Reich and this offense and Kobe Brissett and Marlon Mack, but is six points too much for you? Denver has put that game away last week. They have been in a lot of football games this year. I think it feels like a little bit too much for me, um, at least in terms of it being one of my you know top half games of the week. Um, the Colts have been excellent this season. Uh, great coaching staff. Jacoby Brissett uh, has done just excellent work coming in uh, as a surprise starter for this team, throwing multiple touchdowns in all but one game so far this season. They've got a few real signature wins, beating Houston and beating Kansas City. Um, but I just feel like right now, for the time being, I don't want to fully believe that this is a, a game that they cover, a game they win by a touchdown, uh, just because of the fact that even though Brissett has been as good as he's been and Marlon Mack has been as effective as he's been, they're still not a team that is regularly running defenses out of the building. Right. Uh, and anytime you're going to back a team to win by a touchdown, at least my, my feeling is if you're backing a team to win by a touchdown or more, you got to be able to feel confident that they can score 30. 
That's just how I feel in today's NFL, and I'm not quite sure that I want to bet on this team to get to that mark um, uh, in this game against Denver. So I do think they uh, are easily the uh, the better team, the team that's going to come away with a win. And I could see myself over the next 48 hours, depending on the way a few of these games go, ultimately backing the Colts. But for the time being, uh, I want to see how uh, practice reports and things of that nature shake out before I make them one of my seven top plays of the week. Yeah, I'm leaning Colts, too. I, I I do like this number. It's fitting. I, if you look at the Colts, I I mean, they lose that first game in overtime. It's a six-point game. It kind of gave that away. And game two, they, they beat Tennessee by two. You know, they beat Atlanta by three. They beat Oakland by a touchdown. Or they lose by Oakland by a touchdown. That game kind of got away from them. They beat Kansas City by six, and then they win last week by a touchdown. And Houston almost lost that game as well. So every game that they've been in, it's been fairly tight. So that number is it's it's fair if it got up. To seven, I would probably go Denver, but it just seemed like one of those games where, for me, I like to bet the teaser. I like to bring down the, the total a little bit. Uh, I'll feel a whole lot better just picking the Colts to win by a field goal or four points. But uh, another team that maybe you can lean on them, Survivor, you know, at home against Denver, it's, mm-hmm. it's possible. that you, you could be running out of options. I, I do like the Saints a little bit more, but that is one. So Emmanuel Sanders has gone from Denver. He's now a member of the 49ers. They do need some help, uh, you know, in the passing game. They've just been leaning on their run game and the defense. I was a coward. You called me out last week, and I <laughs> should have leaned Washington. I did pick Washington overall, and I, I felt a whole lot better looking at the pregame and seeing all that rain come down. I said, oh, man, this is going to be like a three-point game here. And it almost was. It was 6 nothing at the very end. There was a field goal kicked to go up 9 nothing. But for me, Carolina coming off a bye, Kyle Allen's looked pretty darn good this season, right? And he's he's looked real good. Christian McCaffrey coming off that bye as well. So I'm going to lean with Carolina here. I think five and a half is a lot. You could see six and some. That's where it opened up at six. Right now I'm seeing live Westgate 40, 41 and a half the total and five and a half. So I'm going to lean Carolina. I think San Fran can get it done, but I think this is smelling like a field goal game to me. Yeah, this is the first one I put in. I'm with you. I like Carolina a lot. Um, again, uh, the the team that's going to have to win with its defense uh, for me, laying six against the, uh, a good offense. Uh, the best player on the field is on the underdog uh, in Christian McCaffrey. I, I think they keep this game close. I think they could win this game outright. Uh, in fact, with what we've seen from them coming off the bye, Kyle Allen has been at the least effective and at the best very good. Um, so I, I think that this is a game that Carolina certainly can hang in. I wouldn't expect San Francisco uh, to run away with it. And, you know, they needed Emmanuel Sanders because they needed more in their passing game. Uh, but I think we've really seen the, the absence of Kyle Juszczyk come into play Absolutely. over the last couple of weeks. So this is another team that Emery and I talked about uh, having made some dramatic in-season uh, personnel usage adjustments. The first couple weeks of the season, uh, San Francisco was uh, running two running backs out there, and one of them regularly Juszczyk. More than 50% of the time, that's just something you don't see in the modern NFL. Weeks four through seven, that number has plummeted to uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15 or 16 Percent, uh, And that is a direct reflection of them not having Kyle Juszczyk and not being able to do the same sorts of things that they want to do offensively. It sounds good in theory to be able to use you know, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida or Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert at the same time, but it's just not the same offense when you don't. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk is a true fullback, and as good as those guy, other guys are at what they do, none of them is a real fullback, and so you can't do everything that you want to do offensively, uh, so they're going to need more out of the air, both because they just did and because what was once available to them on the ground might not be in the future. It's going to be, in, obviously, it's not going to hurt them against a team like Washington, but it could against a team like Carolina. I think the Panthers win this, or excuse me, I think the Panthers certainly keep this close, and I may be picking them to win it outright. Yeah, I think if you're looking for an upset pick of the week, this could be it. This, this could be the one where when Carolina can get the job done. And you're right, Usyk is he's such a player in this offense. The way that I mean, it was on. If you if you didn't if you haven't watched a lot of the San Francisco 49er games, I mean, if you just caught that one against Cleveland, that's kind of what he's done all year. He was creating holes for everybody, like Brita, who has been his his yards per attempt has been through the roof. And for for Tevin Coleman coming off a 20-touch game, I mean, that's what they want to do. They want to run the football. I want to see a game where they're forced to throw. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you might get it this week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You may actually get it this week. So we may see Jimmy Garoppolo throw. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, he's been okay. He's got the resume, all the wins. But at the same time, like, when he's had to throw the football – you know, he's made some mistakes. He's, he's thrown some interceptions. He's thrown some picks. He's got seven TDs and six picks. It's not phenomenal. He just they, they haven't really needed him. The defense is so good. So I think that if you're looking for that upset special, 
it certainly could be this one. The Texans are six and a half point favorites against Oakland. Does this just seem like, is it like rinse and repeat, kind of what you said last week? Like Green Bay is the better team. I'm just going to lean with them and yeah. go with Houston here. Yeah, that's how I feel about this one. Uh, feels like a good bounce back spot for Houston um, after going into Indy and, and taking the loss last week in a game that right, they were just one score away, one score away. They got themselves in that early hole and, and then they couldn't quite get themselves back uh, to uh, taking the lead. Um, I can't remember if they ever had the ball. You know, they were within one score quite a bit, but I can't remember if they ever actually had the ball with an opportunity to take the lead, except for that very last possession uh, that they had. But either way, right, it felt like the Colts had him at arm's length the entire game, and this feels like the reverse situation. They get back home. Um, they've really been able to change things offensively. It's another team that's running a whole lot more to tight end, and what has it resulted in? Keeping Deshaun Watson upright and letting these big plays develop down the field. It's no surprise that uh, they are starting to get big plays out of Will Fuller and out of Kenny Stills at the same time that they started having more two tight end sets on the field. They're keeping uh, Will, or they're, they're protecting Deshaun Watson better than they were early in the season. That's letting these downfield routes develop. No Will Fuller, no problem. Kenny still steps right into that role. Texans are the better team. Texans win this one by a touchdown. Yeah, I think so too. And if you're going to do it, do it now. It has, it's jumped up. It opened up at five and a half, at six and a half. I could see this getting up to seven, seven and a half by the, by the time Friday does come. And, and you're right, Fuller is out. Kenny Stills, I'm sure you're going to talk about Kiki QT. The, these are guys that I think you, if you're in a pinch at the wide receiver position, maybe Adam Thielen doesn't play. Maybe you're on. You're unsure about Terry McLaurin. I, I think Stills and, and QT, more so Stills, he's got that big playability you saw it last week. I, I was excited about Stills, and I I don't want to like wish injury, obviously never, but it it kind of felt like it was eventually going to happen with Will Fuller. It's happened, you know, so many times. It's it's and again, it's unfortunate to say I don't want to be that guy, but I, I, I've been stashing Stills, waiting for this moment potentially in this offense. A big play threat. The ability is there. Fuller is gone several weeks. I think you'll see Stills creep up into a wide receiver three the rest of the season. This is a big spread, the biggest one, I believe, of the week. Yeah, of course. Who no, no, it? we've got Thursday night and Monday oh, night. Oh, right, Thursday. Yeah, the biggest on Sunday then. You're right. Yeah, Thursday the biggest on Monday. Sunday. But how about yeah. that? Those These primetime games, right? Huge spread Thursday, huge spread huge. Monday, and yeah, Matt, yeah. Moore, Matt Moore Sunday. <laughs> and Matt Moore on Sunday. Yeah, this is what it's come to. New England opened up as 11-point favorites. It's, they're now 13-point favorites. The total has dropped a little bit, 46.5 to 45.5. So, yeah, my apologies. Not the biggest, but the biggest on Sunday if you're just – into the Sunday bets. Uh, 13, too much for you? Cleveland coming off the bye? You slightly worried? What are we doing here? God, I hate myself. I oh, must. You're doing because it. I'm Because I'm back in the Browns, and I'm back in them <laughs> as one of my top seven plays. Uh, I just feel like they can keep this within two touchdowns. I, I, really, yeah. I wish I had more, more to put into it than that, but – I mean, again, New England, right? I mean, they dominate that game, but what did they do offensively that jumped out at you against the Jets? I know. Nothing. I mean, nothing. They I did know. nothing, and they've played no one. It gets, to, it gets to a point where it's like, come on. Like, you know, I mean, right? They're like uh, Alabama, you know, playing playing uh, teams uh, out of the Sun Belt Conference. It's like, let's let's see. And, and then now they're playing Cleveland, who's nowhere near what we, we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. But I just feel like they're finally seeing a team uh, that this has, is their toughest match, I think. Right, today, and then yeah. for the first time, they're seeing a team that has big-time talent at multiple offensive positions. And say what you will about Baker Mayfield uh, so and his play so far this season. Baker Mayfield is five times the quarterback of that anyone that they've uh, – that's not fair because Sam Darnold was healthy last week. So uh, other than Darnold, you know, I mean, they have seen no one at the quarterback position so far this season. And this team has easily, easily the most offensive and – Maybe other than the Bills, the most defensive talent of any team that they've played this season. So I'm not saying the Browns are going to pull an upset, but uh, God, it feels like they can. I mean, can't the Browns score? Can't the Browns make this like a 30 to 20 game? That's all they really need to do. Can't the Browns get to 20 points in this one? Yeah, maybe we'll see some garbage time a little late coming back. I just feel like. I just still worry about the Patriots offense, even with Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. I mean, there's what game, what game do you look at? Maybe week one against the, against the Steelers, but what game do you look at and see a signature offensive performance from this team? And they yeah, haven't needed it, but still, even when you don't need it, you still get it from a lot of teams. Maybe you uh, got the Washington game, but I mean, like or, uh, the, the first Jets game, like it, it's just like there's no game that really jumps out and screams like this is an offensive powerhouse. And I think to get to 14, I know it's minus 13, so to get to 14 in the cover against a team with at least as much talent as Cleveland has, they're going to need a big offensive game. 
Uh, and I'm just not willing to believe that's going to happen in this one. And even looking at Brady's last four games, like he threw three touchdowns in Washington, but zero in Buffalo, zero against the Giants. I know he ran a couple in. And then just the one passing touchdown against the Jets. So I've been on par with you all year. Yeah, I just don't know how I feel about this New England offense because we haven't seen a true test. And this defense is good. Sure, it's good. It's great. It's it's going to set records in, in terms of fantasy, in terms of a defense. It's been unbelievable. More points already this season than last year. And then you look at Baker Mayfield and you see a guy who's thrown a pick in every single game game he's got five touchdowns and 11 interceptions and you just wonder how many more points can this defense score I would love to come in here uh, I guess you and I wouldn't come in on a, on a Monday but I you know we'd, we'd go to work on a Monday I would love to go to work on a Monday and see that Cleveland beat New England I think we all would I mean you you either love the Patriots you hate them and and the Cleveland Browns heading in was it's a feel-good story and there's some hype but they have not lived up to expectations it's hard for me to back them I see where you're coming from I, I this is going to be out of my seven it's going to be a complete stay away from me I think Bill Belichick will be able to shut down OBJ and I just don't know exactly where the offense is going to come from let's lean on Chubb a little bit slow the pace down and, and see what they can do but yeah, it's hard for me to back uh, the Browns right now. I'd love to see it, and I hope it happens. Moving over to Sunday night, we get the Packers at 4.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs, so we know that Patrick Mahomes is not going to be a player in this game. He is sidelined, maybe not as long as some people uh, had said early with the fractured kneecap. There's some reports maybe just a couple weeks. Uh, we'll see, but it is Matt Moore and the offense in KC. Andy Reid says he's confident in him. He did okay, you know, filling in. Last week, three and a half was the the opener here. It's now four. I just think the Packers are a better team right now. And Aaron Rodgers coming off that phenomenal game. I think they lean on the run game with Jones and, and Williams. And defense is pretty solid. So, yeah, I know it's in KC on the road by more than a field goal. But I, I will lean Green Bay right now. This feels like another one where we don't want to overthink it, right? And that just right. KC without Mahomes just doesn't have the horses to keep up with Green Bay. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. It just It's just um, – even knowing that Mahomes is out, it feels kind of like a surprisingly high spread. Or four and a half. Packers have been, you know, kind of a little bit fortunate in certain games this season. They're going on the road, blah blah blah. But uh, long, long break for the Chiefs. At least they get those ten days to get everything installed with Matt Moore. But uh, still, it just feels like how without Mahomes, how, how does this team keep up with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to slow down the Packers' offense to keep up, right? I mean, they're not going to they're not going to win a game in the 30s. Rodgers just if, threw five touchdowns thrown to nobody. Right to nobody, <laughs> to absolutely nobody, and so I just I just can't see how they how they keep how they stay in this game. Again, yeah. it's going to have to be on the back of the defense, and I just don't believe that they can do that. So I, I'm with you. I'm on the Packers. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Geronimo Allison and MBS, and it's just, again, no Jake one. Jake Kumaro. Jake Kumaro, my goodness, Lazard, like, come off it. Rodgers <laughs> had a six-touchdown game. I don't care that he's playing Oakland against no one. It's, it's extremely impressive. I, I feel like him and Matt LaFleur are starting to find a groove right now. They lean a little bit on the run game, and, and both backs have been solid. He's doing this without Devontae Adams. The defense behind him is probably, arguably, the best defense he's ever had in Green Bay. So it, they look strong. And on Kansas, Kansas City's side, the offensive line is not great. They don't have a run game. Are they going to lean on LaShawn McCoy this week? I don't know. Damian Williams is, is, is not look good. So there's a lot of question marks in KC right now. The Monday night game, the biggest spread of the week. Uh, no, man, Minnesota. Minnesota. Come, well, Why it opened up as the, the biggest spread. It opened up <laughs> 17. Listen to this. 17 it opened up, and the, pa and the public completely on Miami. 80% of the bets coming in so far on Miami, which has dropped the total. So it's not it's magic. Highest, right. Fitzmadrick, he almost got it done against his former team, one of his former teams last week. So 14 and a half, 43 and a half, not the biggest total. Um, <laughs> what are you doing here? Is it too many points? I mean, it kind of feels like too yeah. many points. Um, what I there's, oh man, I was gonna say I was, I was gonna make what I thought was gonna be a hilarious joke, but if there if the World Series is still going, this is a travel day. I was gonna say what I'm doing this night is hoping for a game six of the World Series and watching that. Because <laughs> uh, I just want—I want absolutely nothing to do with this game. No, who does? Absolutely nothing to do with it. I, how could you trust the Steelers uh, with maybe Mason Rudolph, maybe Devlin Hodges to cover fifteen, right? To win this game by fifteen, and on the flip side, how could you trust the Dolphins to do anything right? So I just—I just want uh, this is a, a absolute one hundred percent stay away. I will say you got to pick one team here. Right, you got right. it. Pittsburgh's defense has looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, they've got some real players on that side of the ball. 
Um, but I do think that 14 and a half, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, has his charms and he has, you know, his whatever the opposite of charms is. But uh, he, he he's a decent quarterback with a decent set of weapons around him. I feel like Miami is the right play as long as it doesn't get beneath two touchdowns. And even if it maybe does, but I feel like with this many points, just a, a Pittsburgh team that still isn't quite sure what it can do uh, right now without Ben Roethlisberger, I feel like Miami's the right play here. But yeah, uh, holy I, cow, I would have to <laughs> I would have to be betting with someone else's money to put any money on it. Yeah, it's same. I mean, save your money, guys. Go buy yourself a nice coffee. Go spend it on somebody else like heck spend it on the Browns I'd rather bet the Browns than than bet the Dolphins here but I do feel like Miami is the play as well Devontae Parker's actually been pretty good and and both Mark teams, Walton too yeah Mark Walton too I just I feel like both teams maybe uh, lean on the running game a little bit here we know that that's kind of what Pittsburgh wants to do and that's what they've done over their past couple games is lean on first it was Connor and Samuels and then it was Connor and Snell last week so I feel like it'll be a little bit of both of those guys again so slow pace game not sure it gets to the 47 and a half or the 43 and a half rather I don't think it even gets there I feel like it could be like a 2013 game man ugly I'm with you I'm watching baseball <laughs> we're not we're not it's a travel day <sighs> I'm watching the the recap of the baseball the night before <laughs> do you want uh, NBA oh rewatch yeah NBA yeah, <laughs> hockey out there okay uh survivor plays couple options here <laughs> I guess you could do Steelers over the Dolphins I got the Vikings uh, over the Redskins, Rams, Bengals, Pats, I suppose, if you haven't taken them already, Saints, Lions, anyone else out there? And are you feel pretty strong about one of those games, two of those games, or three odds in Survivor? Yeah, Vikings, if I've got them, that's the easy first pick, and then you can uh, you can get that out of the way tomorrow and then just kick back and hope for a bunch of upsets over the weekend. Uh, Rams would be my second pick. If I don't have either of them, i probably go Steelers. Uh, if I've got to go totally off the board, I think Texans over Raiders or Colts over Broncos is the play for me. Hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I feel like Minnesota is the play. Thursday right. night, yeah, probably the I mean, play. Well, you I, know, I may go Rams, though. You you can't take advantage of the new Friday show if you're going to lock in Minnesota. You can't. We can't wake up on Friday morning and have you say, "Guess what, guys? It's true. Took the Vikings. <laughs> Took the Vikings. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to say right now. I'm going to take okay. the Rams against the Bengals. They're just a complete train wreck. Mm-hmm. They're just they're so trash. You know, they're actually they may win a game. I think they play. Washington. They play Miami. Do they, play they play Miami. Miami. They yeah. play Miami. Like week year. sixteen. Wow. So one yeah. of those teams going to win a football God, game. Please, please, please let them both be 0-14. Please. <laughs> that would be so much fun. That would make that game so much fun if they were both it's, 0-14. It's going to happen. All right, Beller, since uh, you won last week, and I think maybe you know several weeks, actually, let's, let's go ahead and hear your seven. All right. So uh, ones that I feel pretty confident that I'm not going to be changing, Carolina, Minnesota, Rams. Those are the three I feel best about. My next four for the time being are the Giants, the Browns, the Texans, and the Packers. Um, and, and I feel pretty solid about those. Uh, there are a few others uh, potentially uh, on my board here, but uh, for the time being, uh, that's the direction uh, that I'm going. Oh, wait, no, I did uh, Wait, 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 wait. Did I miss one here? Because I, I thought I had Arizona in here. Did I put oh. one in that I didn't actually mean to have in? Because I do Forgetting like. about your Cardinals. Did I accidentally put in eight and then go over and drop eight in? Yeah, you got um, Carolina, Minnesota, LA, Giants, Cleveland, Houston, Green Bay. So, yeah, you're going to yeah, have to drop one of those. Wow. All right. Wow. Wow. This guy's Forgetting about eight his over boys, here. Cardinals. Eight over here. Okay. 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 All right. For the, time, for the time being, then, um, I am going to uh, drop the Giants out of it. So, we'll say Carolina, Minnesota, Rams, Arizona, Cleveland, Houston, and Green Bay. All right. There That's we where we're going to go for now and uh, come back Friday to see uh, what it ends up being. But Carolina, Minnesota, Rams, absolutely. Those are three that are going to be in there. Yeah, I think for me, three locks, Green Bay, Carolina, and the Rams. Those those are three teams that I feel pretty comfortable with. And then, you know, I probably will have, you know, on Friday, if we get a line here, we probably will get a line by Friday. We'll know about Matt Ryan. Seattle's going to be locked in for me as a team that I think, you know, should have a lot of success against this Falcon squad. Like I said, even if it gets up to nine and a half, seven, I seen, I saw in one spot seven, I would, I would back them at seven for sure. Get a double digits. Maybe I won't, but they would be in there. So those three teams, you got Green Bay, Carolina, the Rams, I got the Saints in there. I do have the Bills. I think they win a sloppy football game by a field goal. I never want to pick Buffalo by more than a field goal, right? We talked about that last week against Miami, the Jets, and then the Chargers. So that's where I'm going. Again, I'm a sucker for punishment. I'm going back to Sam Darnold, and I'm going back to the freaking Chargers again. <laughs> um, let's see how they can 
you know, break our hearts and lose another game. I think they get I, it done. I, I think I think you're going to be okay with that one. <laughs> we'll see. All right, <laughs> give Beller a follow at M Beller on Twitter. Myself at Chris Meany. Please rate and review, subscribe. We love it. And head over to theathletic.com/slash best on the board to get you forty percent off the subscription. Check out Beller a little bit later on today with the ranking show and. We will be back next week. Good luck with your picks week eight. Actually, we'll be back on Friday. That's right. We'll be back yeah. on Friday. We'll Pay recap with all the Friday of this. show. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We'll be back Friday. It'll be a little tighter show, and uh, we'll have some injury reports and some feelings. Maybe we changed our mind or not, but we are uh, definitely on the Rams for buying. So we, we won't come in here Friday morning and <laughs> say we're, uh, we're on the Vikings. All right. For Beller and myself, good luck with your picks. We'll talk to you on Friday, guys. <laughs>